Awesome. Just before we get into the message, I just, you know, God's put the, the nation of the Philippines on my heart. So if you're from the Philippines and you know how to make pork adobo, I've had that once and um, I'm, I've been desperate ever since Sunday. Uh, you, don't, you don't have to know me. You, you don't have to, we don't have to be friends. We have never met, but if you know how to make that dish, you can come. Next Sunday, 3 p.m. That's good. That's very good. Well, like, men, like Mike mentioned, my name's Pete. I'm one of the pastors here. And um, the Lord has called me and my wife. And um, she, he called us when we were 15 years old. And I'll, I'll share a bit more about that. Um, but really, for the last 18 years, we've been on this journey. And the last little step in our journey has been um, the call to go and minister in Christchurch as the campus pastors of a, of a great little church down there. And um, well, they're not little, I mean, little is relative, but compared to Whangarei, they're smaller. And um, yeah, so we're, we're so grateful for that call, but we're really sad to be leaving all of you. Um, when God calls you to a place, he puts on your heart uh, a real love for the people um, here. And um, it's, it's hard leaving one community behind when you have only just met the, the new community is kind of you're in a bit of a transition there. And um, yeah, that's, that's our call at the moment. Kind of get into more of the story um, is the step into calling. And it's part of our LEAP series. It's based around the idea that when God calls you to step out in faith, you're only ever 80% sure it's really the Lord. You know, I don't know if you've ever sensed that. Mike, a couple of weeks back, shared about the 80% rule. And what he was meaning was that when you're 80% sure the Lord's calling you to something, you step out because if you wait longer than 80%, you miss the moment. So you're wise, you're, you're, you're wise not just to blindly leap into something. You're wise to do your research and to step back and to assess the situation. But when you get to about 80%, you should just do it. Otherwise, you might miss out. And so for Sarah and I, we, uh, we are pretty sure that the Lord is calling us to that place. We're mostly sure. That's a big call. Sell your house to be mostly sure. We're probably, I'd say we're over 80, 80%. We might be at 85 or, or even late 80s, but there is still. You know, as a, as a teenager, I used to go and visit my cousin uh, down in Christchurch. And uh, one particular moment uh, at time when I was down there, uh, I went out with all his mates and we were going to the, to the pool. And on the way out to the pool, we were all loaded into this car. On the way out there, everyone was talking about what they were going to do off the top diving board there. And so like, everyone was saying, oh, I'm going to do a back flip. I'm going to do a front flip. I'm going to do all this stuff. And, uh, and so I was on the way out there and I kind of just joined in. Yeah, I'm just going to jump off top diving board. That's going to be great. And I, I get to the pools and I look up and I think, whoa, that's high. That's really, really high. And, and so we got changed and we just took off uh, climbing up the ladder. And the ladder just seemed to just keep going and going and going. And, and I get to the top and I, fl- I think, I don't really like heights. And I think, oh, gee, this is really high. I didn't expect it to be quite this high. But, but how many of you know that no self-respecting teenage lad is ever going to climb down the ladder? You don't climb down the ladder. It's the, climb, it's the walk of shame, you know, especially in front of all your mates. If you're on your own, uh, you might consider it. But if you're in front of your mates, uh, you just don't do that. So I'm standing up there at the edge of this board. And I'm thinking there's really only one way down. There's only one way down. And the longer you, this is the thought that's going through my mind, the longer you leave it, Pete, the harder it's going to get to jump. And so, uh, 
in that moment, I just leapt off. And I tell you the truth, I'm never leaving off a 10-meter driving board ever again. I've done it once. I can say I could do it, did it. And, uh, but so, so much in life, we face moments like that. We face moments where, where we're standing at the edge of something that's unknown, and, and we know that the right thing to do is just to leap into the call of God, but, but there's still unknown there. I could have been up there and I could have looked it out and measured how high it was to the top. I could have done all my research, but at the end of the day, the call is just to jump. It's just a leap. You might not have the full picture, but sometimes in life, you just have to leap and take a leap of faith. Maybe you're considering applying for a new role in your workplace and you're not 100% sure you can do it. And maybe you're in that position. It requires a leap Maybe there's a business opportunity that looks like it could be good for you, but it requires making yourself vulnerable, maybe even financially vulnerable for a time in order to step into that. Maybe there's an opportunity for ministry and you're feeling unsure. If you're in that position, it's not a bad place to be. You've just got a chance to leap. You know, before I share about our story and what God's done to lead us to this moment, I'd just love to share with you uh, really quickly a scripture from 1 Samuel chapter 17, which is an inspiring story of somebody who did not have the full picture, but stepped out into the unknown and watched God take over. It's the story of David and Goliath. And and perhaps you've even come in here for the first time. You've never been to a church before. Most people may have heard something about the story of David and Goliath. A story is this, is that the Israelites, the people of God, were camped on a hill opposite the, uh, the Philistines, whom they had a battle between them. You know, David isn't even a soldier. He's simply just delivering lunch to, and he hears this voice of a giant across the valley. So David gets all uppity about this guy, and he says, you know what, I can take him out. All of you others might be scared, but I've got a sling and five small stones, and I think I can do it which is ironic even on its own because he's surrounded by people who are armed to the teeth and he believes that he can do it and all he needs is a sling and some stones. This is where we pick up the story in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verses 41 to 51. It'll be on the screen behind me and it'll be also in your notes. It says this, Meanwhile, the Philistine with his shield bearer in front of him kept coming closer to David. He looked over and David saw that he was little more than a boy, glowing with health and handsome, and he despised him. He said to David, am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said, and I'll give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals. David said to the Philistine, you come against me with spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you out of your head. This very day I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All of those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or by spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. As the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly before the battle line to meet him. Reaching into his bag and took out a stone, he slung it and sank deep into the forehead, and he fell face down on the ground. 
So David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. Without a sword in his hand, he struck down the Philistine and killed him. You know, this morning I'd love to preach to you just briefly about that moment where you have to step out in faith and to uh, just leap into the unknown. But beforehand, I just want to qualify what I'm about to say because what I've noticed is that in life there are different types of faith for the different seasons that we find ourselves in. God's call for us is to continue stepping in faith, but it might look differently in different seasons. One way of of thinking about this is that when I was at high school, the way I honored God's call on my life, or at least attempted to honor his call on my life, is by paying attention in class. It's, it's It's a slow step. It's a step that has to be worked out faithfully each day, day after day after day. But, but slow steps of faith lead to bigger steps. And I remember the time when I, I was first day of university and you're walking into the accounts office in exchange for, for classes and, and lectures and all the rest. It feels like a much bigger step. It's, it's like the difference between a slow steps of faith and then a leap of faith. But they're both faith and they're both worked out differently in different seasons. What this passage speaks, slow, faithful preparation steps of faith have converged into a moment where he's, uh, David is required to leap out in faith. And so maybe for you, you might be in those slow steps of faith and you're wondering, you know, should I really quit my job and do dot, dot, dot? Well, no, actually God's calling you to faithfulness in your current situation. But those moments may have prepared you for a moment that's coming. Maybe it's right now or maybe it's in this next season. And in those moments, we're required to leap. You see, in the story of David and Goliath, we see a physical battle that's going on between um, two people. But over the top of that physical battle is a spiritual battle that's being played out as well. You see, the Israelites believed that their God was with them. And the Philistines believed that their God were with them. And that the battle between those two gods would determine who wins on the earthly plane. It was a physical battle, but there was a spiritual battle being played out in the heavenlies as well. It was a cosmic battle of faith. Whose God will win? Will it be his fear or, and diminish his faith? Or will it be Yahweh, the God of the still small voice, the one who calls us to step out in faith, the one who calls us to walk confidently into the unknown and always comes through at the last moment? You know, as I was preparing this message, I was really says this, all those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or by spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's and he will give all of you into our hands. It's almost like that David uh, had little in his hands. And that was a good thing because the little that he had made room for the much that God had. To, to, to cement for all history, into the hearts and minds of anyone who would follow the Lord, that he does not use people of worldly strength as much as he gets alongside people of weakness and uses them to display his glory. It's not by sword or by spear that the Lord saves. 
The Lord does not save through worldly strength and worldly influence. The Lord saves by the Spirit of God moving and working through normal people, people like you and people like me, through bricklayers, stockers, through lawyers, come on, through, through doctors, through nurses, through, through surgeons. He works through everybody in their workplace as the Spirit of God enables. Do you know the interesting thing about David and Goliath is that if you read the story, nowhere did God tell him to fight Goliath? You'd, you'd expect it because David's really prophetic. He wrote a bunch of the prophetic psalms and, and ministered prophetically as the king of, of Israel. He, he's really prophetic. And so I would expect the Lord to say, hey, David, uh, you might be small, but I, believe that I'm gonna, uh, but I believe that you can defeat this giant. I'd expect something like that from the Lord. Instead, what it says is that David was filled with passion for the things of God. And he stepped out on faith, but he was not 100% sure. He might have been 80% sure. Well, I probably would have been only 50% or less sure if I was him, but he might have had more faith than me, but, but he was not 100% sure. And so it is with us. You know, when it comes to faith, anybody who says that they are 100% sure uh, is either not invested in the outcome at all or is just lying because nobody is ever 100% sure. There is always unknown. We are always only mostly sure that the Lord is in it. So if you're in that place and, and God's calling you to step out in faith, here are a couple of um, principles. The first one I'm going to share, and then we'll share our story, and then I'll share the second one to conclude. But the first one is this, is that whatever you have will be enough. Whatever you have will be enough. It can be easy to compare ourselves against others when it comes to honoring the call of God. I don't have a, a strong speaking gifting or or maybe I'm not as outgoing as others we might say things like I don't see myself as a leader like those other people but in those moments we have to remind ourselves that God will will, uh, equip us in the moment for anything we need and if he hasn't already given it to us he's just going to use what we already have you know David refused to take on the armor of the king he was given every every protection from the king it was uh, armor, it was swords. Uh, and instead, he took it off because he knew that that would only hold him back from fulfilling his purpose. In fact, to take this even further, it's almost like the story of saying, the less you have, the better. Because uh, I did some research on the armor that Goliath was carrying. His breastplate weighed 70 kilos. He had a bronze helmet. He was armed to the hilt. In worldly speaking, he represented strength and power, and all David's small stones had the power of the Holy Spirit behind them. You know, when you're called to step out in faith, you can know that whatever talents you already have, whatever financial resources you do or don't have, they will be enough. Whatever gifting on your life, it may feel small, but with God, He will make it enough. Just over five years ago, I was a high school teacher. And uh, no matter what uh, teachers complain in the media about the pay, I think it's actually pretty good. And I was on a pretty good wicket as a, as a high school teacher. And um, one day, I was, uh, sorry, before we get there. You see, Sarah, Sarah and myself, we were called to ministry at an early age. I became a Christian about 15, and, and God put his uh, hand on my life and asked me, Pete, will you go anywhere? Will you do anything? And at the age of 15, I said, yes, Lord, whatever you ask of me, uh, whatever you call me to, I'll do it. 
And uh, so, so as a way of working out this calling, we always would just volunteer in our local church. We'd always uh, just follow the Spirit's leadings and opportunities as they came along. I started teaching in my early 20s um, as part of that, as part of a preparation time. But towards my, the end of my 20s, I started wondering if God was going to call us into full-time ministry. I wondered if it might be a good time at that point. Um, we were looking to have kids, so in the worldly speaking, it was not a good time at all. Hopefully from here on in, it's on the up, but uh, we were broke. And um, certainly leaving a really good job to um, become an intern was not uh, a great financial decision. But I was in the car with Mike, we were driving, uh, he was preaching down south, and he asked me if I'd consider um, doing an internship for two years, and it would be unpaid. Well, that's, that's an attractive offer. I mean, so I, I, I was fairly reluctant, to say the least, but you don't say no, well, I, in my mind anyway, I haven't said no to a pastor before. I said, no, absolutely not. I wasn't going to say that. So I said the Christian thing, which is, um, which is I'll pray about it. And, and, and because you say you pray about it, you really should pray about it. So I lifted up just a quick prayer to the Lord, and he just responded back, absolutely yes. Like even before I half, halfway through the prayer, he said, absolutely yes. Oh, goodness. So I, I thought Sarah's not going to be into this. So Lord, you're, you're probably going to have to confirm it with her. You speak to her. I mean, this is your problem, not mine, you know. <laughs> you do this. Anyway, we came on as interns. And um, however, that... To do anything else would just be blatant disobedience against the call of God. To do anything else would be disobedience. So God, God was definitely in it. He was calling us in a number of ways. One of the ways he called us was, uh, was that Pastor Boyd, our national leader now, back then he was a pastor of a church in South Auckland, and uh, he is remarkably accurate in the prophetic. And so he prayed for me. And he gave me a prophetic word and he encouraged me to go and write it down. And, and I don't generally write down heaps of prophetic words. I think you should write them down, but I, I tend to forget them. But this one, this one I, um, I, wrote, I wrote it down. I tucked away it in my Bible. And it said that in three years' time, God would call us into a new role and a new season of leadership. I wrote it down. I tucked it away. Uh, and I only remembered it middle of last year. Because I thought to myself, was that really accurate? Because it had been two and a half years and, and there was, you know, uh, I was just wondering what the Lord would do. It didn't look like there was heaps on the horizon, but I was just wondering what God would do. That word I wrote down, I dated it the 21st of February, 2017. Last Sunday, when I preached down there for the very first time, it was three years and two days from when that word was given. Three years. Two days. God has been so mostly sure we came to sell our house. And uh, we started the sale process nice and early in case it took a long time. God sold that house in three days. Three days. Literally three days. I think we, we signed the, the, the sale and purchase agreement um, like an hour. Three days and one hour or something like that. Uh, and then we went unconditional the following week. It's an amazing situation. It hasn't all been known. And there still is an element of risk and unknown to it. But God has shown himself to be in this. He's provided my wife with work. He's given us a great home down there in Belfast. And we are so privileged to be on this journey. 
You know, when Boyd gave me that word, he uh, gave us a scripture as well, which is 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 47. I've held it to be true in my own life, and I believe it's for you today, is that all those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or by spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's. You might be looking at yourself and you might be thinking in a worldly perspective, none of this looks right. You might look at your talents and say, I'm not ready for that particular role. But the Lord would say, if I have called you to it, I will provide for you in that moment. All I want for you is to step out and I'm telling you, I am right behind you and I am right in front of you. I will provide for you every step of the way. As we close this morning, and uh, I'd love the team to join me up here. The final point I'd love to share with you is this. The legacy is greater than you think. The legacy is greater than you think. You see, in the moment that that played out where David was battling Goliath, the legacy that was enough for him was to defeat Goliath and defend the nation of Israel for that generation. You know, for him, I can imagine him thinking, what, what is enough for me? It, it is enough to defeat this giant so that my uh, countrymen can live in peace. What David saw was a giant that needed defeating. But the purpose that God saw was an example that would inspire faith and courage in the people of God down through the generations of all of God's people and that eventually it would be sealed in Holy Scripture for all time as an example for us all in our faith steps. David could have never imagined the legacy he would leave behind. For him, defeating Goliath was enough, but the Lord had much, much bigger plans. You know, as we close this morning, I'd love to share a final story with you about one of my heroes, a chap called Robert Laidlaw. Robert was born in the late 1800s and he was a Christmas, uh, Christmas Christian businessman. <laughs> Christmas, it's probably Christmas too, but writer. Robert founded the business we now called Farmers. In one of his days, he was one of New Zealand's richest men and his life was also characterized by slow, faithful steps. And as a Christian businessman, Robert Laidlaw decided to release all his staff once a week for an extra long lunch break on a Wednesday so that if they chose to, they could come to a Bible study that he had. If you didn't want to go to the Bible study, you're welcome to go off and have a long lunch break. But at one point at its peak, over 200 of his staff were attending his Bible studies during the week. Amazing man of God. Robert took some of the studies and compiled a book called The Reason Why. Today, there are over 50 million copies of The Reason Why still in print. You know, churches often talk about pastors and missionaries who step out in faith for the Lord. But Robert Laidlaw was neither a pastor nor a missionary. He was simply a man who chose to glorify God with all he had in his workplace. In the early days, he could have never imagined the impact that he would have on the world, but he continued to step out in faith faithfully and on occasion leap when he needed to. And his life will be remembered by the amazing company that he built in the farmer's trading company. Laidlaw Bible College, one of New Zealand's largest Bible colleges, which he helped form. Christian camps that he donated the land and the buildings for from the finance the Lord blessed him with. The millions of lives was greater than he could have ever imagined. And it was simply for the faith of one man who chose occasionally into the unknown 
and trust the call of God. Let me say this to you, church, with everything that I have. God's call on your life is beyond anything that you can ask, see, or imagine. The Scriptures do tell us that no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived the things that God has prepared for those who love Him. As we come to a close this morning, we've been talking about what it means to take a step of faith beyond what we can see and step into something new. And one thing I've observed in my own life is is the hard part is not the knowing what you need to do. Most people, if we're honest with ourselves, we know something needs to change. It's not the knowing that is hard. Most people know in their heart that something might need to change or something might need to move, even if we haven't admitted it to ourselves. But the hard bit, the hard bit is taking that knowledge and actually stepping out to make the move. As we close this morning, I know there might be people here, and if you're honest with yourself, you'll know that your life is not right with the Lord. It could be. You know, the great news with God is that He doesn't need your life to be all in order. He can handle the pain. He can handle the junk. He can handle everything that comes with you. He simply just wants to be near you through everything and have a relationship with you. And in Revelation chapter 3, Jesus says, Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens that door, I will come in and eat with him and him with me. If you're here this morning and just as we draw to a close, if you know that right now the Lord is knocking at the door of your life, let me tell you this, that you do not have to have it all together. Most Christians still don't have it all together. You just need to be willing to take a step of faith and open the door of your heart to God. If that's you this morning, let me say that the step of faith into a relationship with God is only ever one prayer away where we say we're sorry for the things that we've done that's wrong and accept forgiveness through Jesus. You know, Jesus came from heaven to earth and died on the cross so that we might have an opportunity to accept forgiveness from the Lord and a promise of a fresh start and a new life in Him. As a church, we're all going to pray this prayer out loud together with every head bowed and eye closed. And if that's you this morning and you know that your life is not where it could be, not where it should be with the Lord, I really encourage you just to pray this prayer either in your heart or out loud with everybody else. With every head bowed and eye closed, let's pray this this morning. God, I surrender my life to you. I know I've sinned, but I believe that Jesus, you died for me. Come in and be the Lord of my life and make me brand new today. You know, if that was you and with every head bowed and eye closed, I'm just going to count to three. And if that's you, I just really encourage you to pop your hand up nice and high. We'd love to connect with you. love to bless you in any way we can. And if you prayed that prayer either for the first time or you're coming back to the Lord because you know that things are not quite right, When I get to three, would you just pop your hand up? Take a step of faith this morning. One, God loves you for all that you are. Two, He's got a mighty plan for your life. Three, would you put your hand up nice and high this morning? Bless you, brother. Awesome. Awesome. Is there anyone else this morning? Bless you, brother. You can pop your hand down now. 
Awesome. God, we just thank you so much for everything you're doing in this place. Thank you that every one of us here is called into a new and exciting future with you. Holy Spirit, we ask specifically that today, even this afternoon, speaking to us about our next step. What is something we can do to continue to walk out your call on our life? Maybe even there's people here who have uh, had a call specifically to something in the past, but you've walked away from it and you've tried to ignore it. Well, I believe that God this morning is going to speak to you. Uh, And God, we just ask that you'd be in this place and you'd be stirring in all our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Awesome.